we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of his talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, authority, beauty and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is anger. Upcoming themes are God, jealousy and intelligence. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please see our official YouTube channel for hundreds of video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's full talks and shorter extracts. We are a non-profit charity and rely on your support to continue to preserve and make Krishnamurti's work available. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving a review. This week's podcast has six sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Rajgat, 1967, titled Looking at Anger Totally. Let us take it very simply. One is, I am angry. That's a fact. Why should I create its opposite? Which is, I must not be angry. Why? Will that help me to get over my anger by saying I must not be angry? Apparently it doesn't because we are still angry, we are still violent, we are still uh, brutal. So if I can face the fact that I am angry without any excuse, without any justification, just to see the fact I am angry, then I can deal with it. But I cannot deal with it if I have struggling with, the, with its opposite. So, is it possible to brush aside its opposite and deal only with what is, which is that I am angry? So, the opposites create not only conflict, but act as a distraction from what is. 
And therefore, I have not a total perception of what is. Huh? Are we? Can we go along? <laughs> Look, sir. Conflict in any form, in any form, whether on the battlefield or between the neighbours or within oneself, is a process of distortion. Conflict of any kind, within or without, makes the mind unclear, distorts the mind, perverts the mind. That's an obvious fact. And I can only see something very clearly when there is no distortion within the mind itself. Huh? So can I Face anger, look at anger without any distortion, which means without trying to overcome it, justify it, explain it, just to observe it. When I am capable of such observation, I am looking at anger totally, the whole structure and the nature of anger. And therefore it's not a fragmentary issue, but a total issue. The second extract is from the second discussion in Madras, 1971, titled Is it possible to be free of irritation? The gentleman says, anger can only be emptied of the in the mind when you yield to anger completely. We'll come to that presently if there is time. <coughs> we see that there is no awareness as long as there is a series of well-established habits. Right? Have have you established habits? We have, haven't we? Huh? We're bound to have them. So the next next question is: just go slowly. You, to be aware of those habits, hmm? and can those habits be? Dissolved, put aside. You understand? I have a habit, if I have, of what? Huh? I have a habit, I have a habit of getting irritated. 
Right, right. Now, is it irritation? I want to, I don't accept, first of all, when you say I am irritated, I don't accept it. I want to find out. I don't say I am not or I am. I want to find out. Am I irritated? When you ask the same question over and over and over and over again, not listening, and you ask, somebody asks irrelevant question, am I irritated? Or I say, look, please stop. We are sticking to this point. So suppose if I am irritated, can I observe that irritation? Please listen to this carefully. Can I observe that, irri- that irritation without any conclusion? You understand? Without saying I must get rid of it or I must not get rid of it. Can I observe that irritation? Huh? Wait, sir. Wait, sir. Find out. Don't say we cannot. You see, would that be called an irritation? I said, please wait. We'll ask you a second time. You follow how you translate and I translate. What appears to you as an irritation, I don't consider as an irritation. So, I am irritated. Suppose I am irritated. First of all, I am aware of it. I said, by Joe, yes, I was angry. I was irritated. They are too, too stupid. They can't think clearly. I am irritated. Then I said, why am I irritated? I don't want to be free of irritation. I don't know why. Is it didn't I have proper sleep? Go into it, sir. Proper sleep, lack of food, and not enough rest. You follow? All these are contributory factors to irritation. Are you following all this? So what happens? Then I say to myself, how is it possible for me to be free of this irritation? Right? I found out I am irritated. Not because you tell me, I want to know. You understand? I want to know why I'm irritated. I have found out why I'm irritated, and I say to myself, now is it possible to be free of irritation altogether? Right? You understand my question? Huh? Now, how? I am aware that I am irritated or angry or envious, how am I, how, being aware of that fact, my next question is, is it possible to be free of that fact? The third extract is from the first talk in New Delhi, 1967 titled, Being Attentive to Anger. So it is, as one can observe in one's daily life, one can be (coughs) choicelessly aware, (coughs) not practice choiceless awareness. There is no such thing as practicing something which you don't know. What you can know is that one is inattentive. 
moment you become aware that you are inattentive, you become attentive. You are attentive. And this is very important to understand, because if you cultivate attention, or if you cultivate bravery, there is an interval between the fact and what you want to be, and in that interval is conflict. In that interval there is hypocrisy. If you say, I am violent, I want to understand it, then you are, there is no hypocrisy. But if you say, I am violent, I must become non-violent, and during that interval before, between violence and becoming non-violent, you are sowing the seeds of violence. So, what is important is to find out for oneself not what others say, but actually observe, see, listen to yourself. In that you discover your own reality, you discover reality. When you say, when one is a liar, one says, I am a liar. Not pretend and say, no, this and that. When one is angry, one is angry. But to say, I must not be angry, is an avoidance of anger, because again you will be angry. But if you went into anger, the whole question of anger, why you are angry, not why you shouldn't be angry, but why are you angry? Probably you have not had enough sleep. Probably you have not had enough calcium. Probably you have pet beliefs which are being shaken, questioned. You have many reasons, probably, why you are angry. But to escape from it and say, I must not be angry, is no meaning. So in the same way, if you begin to inquire into inattention, why you are not attentive in your office, at home, in the street, in the bus, in that attentive to watch, to look? Then out of that inattention comes an extraordinary fact of attention, natural. The fourth extract is from the second talk in Madras, 1971, titled An Observation of Anger Without the Observer. We are going together find out why man is in conflict and whether that conflict can ever end totally. 
not at different layers. You may be, have extraordinarily peaceful household, but you are at war with your neighbour, and so on. So, now to find out, you need energy. Don't you? You need a great deal of energy to find out for yourself the cause of this conflict. Please listen carefully. The cause. Right? Why, man, you live in conflict? Now, when you inquire into the cause of it, you are employing the intellect as an instrument of analysis, aren't you? Right? You are using intellect as an instrument of analysis which you hope to find the cause. You understand? The intellect is partial, is fragment, is a fragment of the total. You hope to find the cause of a tremendous question, like why man is in conflict, through a fragmentary thing called the intellect, which is the only instrument you have. Right? And so when you begin to inquire into the cause, through the intellect, your answer will be partial. Right? Because your intellect is partial. And therefore that is not the instrument. Right? Are you following all this? Which means you must now Discard the instrument to find out a different kind of instrument. Up to now we have used the intellect as, a, as an analytical means to find out why man suffers, why man is reconfessed, the intellect. And the intellect is a fragment of the total. Man isn't just an intellect. They're all his nervous organism, his emotions, his, his, you know, the whole structure. And you take one part of it and try to use that part to find the cause. Therefore, when you examine through a partial instrument, your understanding will always be partial and therefore incomplete. Right? I don't know if you understand all this. And to see that, you need energy, don't you? Now, energy we have divided, again fragmented. You follow? There is the energy of fragmentation. In the fragments there is energy. 
like heat, has its own energy. And the control of that energy is also energy. Right? So we have divided energy into fragments. Whereas energy, the human energy, the cosmic energy, every kind of energy is a unitary movement. So one has to have that energy to understand the cause, the, to understand the structure and the nature of conflict and the ending of conflict. You must have intense energy and not fragmented energy. The fragment the energy is to say, I must get rid of it. I must get rid of a conflict. Who is the I that says, I must get rid of it or suppress it? It is one part of that energy. Discarding another part of energy. So energies are in conflict. You're following? So we are asking what is the reason of this conflict? One can observe it very simply as the observer and the observed. Right? There is in you the observer and you observe. Right? You observe the tree as an observer. The observer watches that tree with all his knowledge. His past conditioning. And he looks at that tree as something separate from himself. Right? Just listen to it. Don't agree or disagree. You haven't gone into this question at all. So you have to first find out what the speaker has to say. And when you are listening to what the speaker is saying, watch yourself. Don't merely listen to the speaker. That's absolutely valueless. But use the speaker to watch yourself. Then you will see in yourself there is the observer and the observed. Always. The observer says, do this, don't do that. The observer has certain values. certain judgments. He is really the censor who is always watching, denying, controlling, separating himself from that which he is watching. Right? When you are angry, 
or generous or not generous, which most of us, most people are, in that, if you observe it very closely, there is the observer who says, I am jealous, I am angry. Right? The naming of the reaction which he calls anger separates him. Right? Which is, can you look at that tree without naming, without the interference of thought, which is the response of memory, just to observe? We talked about it briefly the other day. Which is, you look at that tree through the image which you have, which you have about that tree. Which means you are not really looking at the tree, right? In the same way, when you have an image about your wife or husband or your friend, you are not looking at the friend, but looking at the friend through the image you have. So there is duality, right? This division between the observer and the observed is the very essence of conflict. The division. When I am angry, at the moment of anger, there is no observer. Please follow this. Very, I'm going to go into it step by step. Follow it. Follow it by observing yourself, not what the speaker is pointing out. Then you are outside and not inside. So observe yourself what takes place. When you, when they are angry, at the moment of experiencing that anger or any other experience, at that second, there is no observer. A second later, the observer comes and says, I have been angry. Right? He has separated himself from anger. He has named it, named the feeling as anger. He has named it because to strengthen his memory. Please follow this. Because his memory says, you have been angry. The memory is the sensor. The memory says, you should not have been angry. Be kind, don't hit him back, turn the other cheek. So the response of memory as thought becomes the observer. And so there is a division 
between the observer and the observed. When he says, I am angry, I am jealous, I am envious, then the conflict begins because he wants to suppress envy or enlarge it, take delight in it. So, where there is the observer and the observed, there is the root of conflict. Right? So can you observe? Is there an observation of anger without the observer? That's the next question. You follow? That's the next question. Because that's our habit. At the moment of anger or of any pleasure, there is no observer. Then the second minute later comes the observer. The observer is the sensor, is the recorder, is the memory, is the brain cells in which these memories are held. And hence that observer says, I should not or I should, I want more, I want less. You have understood this? So one asks then, can there be an observation without the observer? You understand, this is a tremendous question, please follow this up. Because we are used, we are conditioned to this conflict which arises when there is an observer different from the thing observed. That's our tradition, that's our condition, that's the result of our culture. God and man, you follow all that division. And when we function from habit, it's a waste of energy. And when we immediately respond, that is when the observer immediately responds to an emotional or a a reaction, the response is always the old. Right? Is the old brain responding? <coughs> so we are <coughs> so we are asking whether you can whether there is an observation without the observer. To end any habit, any tradition, without conflict needs energy. You are following this? 
Looks up. Let's make it simple. I'm angry. At the moment of anger, there is no observer as the I who says I'm angry. A second later, the entity as the observer comes into being, who is the sensor, who says, I must not be angry. The response of the, of the observer is tradition, is the habit, is the old brain responding. And that constant response of the old brain is a waste of energy. And you need energy, totally, to observe without the observer. The fifth extract is from the second discussion in Sanan, 1972, titled Anger Has No Opposite. I better begin beginning. There is, there are opposites, aren't there? Sunny day and a rainy day. Night darkness and light, right? There is a woman and man. Now, psychologically, are there opposites? Or only one factor, and because I do not know how to solve that one factor. I invent other factors. Look, I am angry. That's the only factor, isn't it? When I say I must not be angry, that's a conclusion. That's a, an abstraction, right? But the factor is I'm angry. If I know how to resolve that anger, its opposite wouldn't arise. I'm angry. Now, can I solve that anger without resorting to its opposite? saying, I must not be angry. The must not be the angry is its opposite. And that comes only when I can't understand the whole structure of anger and go beyond it. Right? Now, so I say, can I understand this anger, not control it, not reject it, not yield to it, but understand it, have an insight into the whole structure of anger. If I do, then the opposite doesn't exist. To control it is to 
suppress it. To say, I must not be angry, is to create the opposite. And therefore, a conflict between must not be and the fact that I am. Right? Or if you try to escape from it, anger is still there. So now I do not escape, I do not suppress, I do not say, I must resolve. There is an anger. Now, how am I, how am I to go beyond? How is the mind to go beyond it? Without creating its opposite. You have understood? Please come, sir. Some of you understand this? God, then come with me. Then what am I to do? Look what has taken place. Before I try to control it, which is a wastage of energy, before I try to suppress it, which is a wastage of energy, right? Before I try to escape from it or rationalize it, which is an avoidance, an escape from the fact, right? If I don't escape, control, suppress, or try to find, uh, rationalize it, all that energy is concentrated, isn't it? Right? So I have got that enormous energy to deal with one fact, which is anger. Right? Have you got that? Please, otherwise I can't, we can't go on. Then if, we, if you haven't got it, it becomes merely verbal. You understand? You're angry. Your tradition, your culture says, suppress it, control it, escape from it, and rationalize it. We, I say, that's a wasting your energy, which prevents you from observing the only fact, which is anger. So anger has no opposite. There is only that, and you have the energy. Now, next step. Why do you call it anger? Because previously you have been angry. By naming it as anger, you have emphasized the previous experience. You're right? So you are observing the present factor with the previous experience. Therefore, Conditioning the present factor. Are you meeting this? Come on, sir. So, the naming is a wastage of energy. So, you do not name, no control, no suppression, no escape. Right? And you have the energy. Then is there anger? 
Don't say you don't know. Because you are then facing the only fact. And when you are facing completely that factor, the, the factor doesn't exist. Because it exists only when you are escaping, fighting, controlling, suppressing. I do. Right? You have got it. So, there is in me, in one human being, this duality. Right? And I ask myself, is there a duality at all? There is man, woman, sunshine, that's obvious. But psychologically, is, are there opposites? Our only thought invented the opposite because it could not solve the one factor. I've got it, please. And this requires attention, doesn't it? Right? Because to see this clearly, you need to observe. And you are prevented from observing when thought says, I must do something about it. It is thought that has said, I must control, otherwise I'll kill somebody. It is thought that has said, I must suppress it, I don't know what to do about it, I must run away from it, I must watch it. These are all the activities of thought, when you say, I must watch it. So, thinking about the factor is a wastage of energy. You understand all this? There is no wastage of energy when there is only observation. Do you mean by observation, you see you are that? Aren't you that? No, do see clearly. Aren't you that anger? It's part of you. So, thought says, I must do something about that part. So, thought begins to function. I must not, I must, it's right, it's wrong, it should be, it's... You follow? So, to observe without thought. You have understood, sir? Now, can you listen to that rain? Please listen quietly. Can you listen to that rain without thinking about the rain?
you can only listen to the rain completely when you are not resisting it. When you say, I, I can't hear, I must hear. So you listen, observe, when there is no resistance of any kind. Now, are you free of the opposite? You understand? Are you free of, at the end of this talk? Are you free of it? Never enter into the field of the opposite. Oh, come on, sir. The final extract this week is from the second question-and-answer meeting in Ojai, 1980, titled Don't Respond to Anger with Anger. When you know somebody's angry, hmm, your whole body reacts. There's the chemical response, all that takes place, and there's immediate response. You may not hit back, but the very presence of anger or hatred, there is a reaction, right? Now, in the presence of violence, to be, to have not to have this response, I wonder if you understand, right? Am I explaining? Try it sometime. I hope you'll never face violence, but I'm sure you'll face anger. And when there is, in the presence of a person who is angry, see what takes place. Be aware of it and not react. You follow? That's the moment you are aware of the other person's anger, and you do not yourself respond, there's a quite a different response. You, I wonder if you understand this. Don't call it love and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> this, this response, which is our instinctive instinct to respond to hate by hate, to anger by anger. But in the presence of anger, there is this, you follow, the welling up, which creates in the system nervous reactions and so on, chemically, but to, to quieten all this in the presence of anger. And then there is a different action taking place when you are confronted with violence. Have I made this clear? 